I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, March 15th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, it is the Ides of March. Follow me here. Yeah. And guess who's back? Back again. I know who's back. It's Tom Brady. And you know what? I don't know how to feel about this. You know, I like the idea that if you retire and you get all this outpouring of love and support, you just go away. And now he comes back. He's going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. The team isn't as good as it was last year. I don't know. I just don't I don't love it. I wish he would have just left. I wish he would have retired as a Patriot. But yeah, I mean, I just sort of like that there are football players relatively my age that are still kicking ass. So we'll see how it goes this coming season. I feel the same way about, I'm a big follower of tennis. And in tennis, you have, you still have the old guard, the Novak Djokovic, the Rafael Nadal, they're doing very well. They're winning a lot right now. Nadal in particular is winning a ton. And I, I, I like them. I'm happy they were here. I'm happy I could see them, but I'm ready for them to go. You know, I want to see the new generation start winning, have a new cast of characters, some new personalities. And I feel the same way about Tom Brady. It was fun, but Tom Brady, he'll probably do pretty well next year. And I just want him to go away so we can let the younger kids kind of take the lead. I'm down with that. Brett, aside from Tom Brady's storied career where he won numerous Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, what do we have for Pete Pals today? For our first story, asset seizure. For our second story, lockdown. And for our third story, gas prices up. For our first story, Russian prosecutors threatened several major companies with arrests and asset seizures. Brett, this is an interesting development in the Russian war on Ukraine. What is Russia's latest response to Western sanctions? Okay, well, to catch you up, over 350 major foreign companies have suspended operations in Russia since the invasion of Ukraine began. And in response to these sanctions, Russian prosecutors issued warnings to several companies, including Coca-Cola, McDonald's and P&G threatening to arrest corporate leaders and seize their assets. Some targeted companies are now considering limiting communications to employees in Russia and moving their executives out of the country. The Russian embassy in Washington has since labeled these developments, I think ironically, fake news. Fake news, it's just become fake in itself. Uh, It means nothing now. Well, these brands all suspended operations in Russia in recent weeks, shutting down factories, closing restaurants and ending investments. And now Finally, and this we knew this was coming, Russia is retaliating. And here's an interesting fact, Jay. Russia is officially the most sanctioned country in the world, and JP Morgan predicts their GDP could shrink up to 35% in Q1. So, Jay, what does Russia's threat of asset seizures really matter? Well, the warnings will further cut off Russia from the global economy and underscore the risks of doing business in the country amid a wide crackdown on criticism of the government. It's currently unclear the full list of companies that have received these asset seizure warnings and if any of them are indeed Canadian. But there's a couple. Kinross Gold, McCain, Canada Goose, and Couchtard are a few of the Canadian companies who could be targeted. And pulling out already drastically strained the relationship between these companies and Russia. Russia's aggressive response is likely to make it even more unattractive place to do business, if that's even possible. And moving forward, it could exacerbate the economic impact of sanctions and corporate exits. Well, but can you pay your taxes online there? That's the big question. <laughs> <laughs> For our second story, signs of a COVID outbreak across a number of cities in China have sent tens of millions of people into lockdown and caused a major Apple supplier to halt operations in the city of Shenzhen. As of yesterday, this is all per Bloomberg. Jay, while it feels, you know, we're a week away now from dropping the mask mandate in Ontario, and it feels like COVID's nearing the end here, but it certainly doesn't appear that way in China. What's the latest? 
Well, here's a quick refresher, Brett. China's COVID zero tactics have led to low death rates and long virus periods of being free of the virus, but they have disrupted business. Mass testing in northeastern Tianjin back in January halted production of factories, including Toyota, for over a week. Tianjin, that's pretty good, Jay. Uh, when you. over 3,000 cases of the virus were reported nationwide yesterday, China's government ordered non-essential businesses in affected cities to close until next week, including Apple supplier Hanhai, which is most commonly known as Foxconn, and giants like Huawei and Tencent. Now, Hanhai may be one of Apple's biggest suppliers, but 30% of its products are produced outside of China. This is per CNBC, and almost half of the iPhones it produces are in the central Henan province, which is unaffected right now by lockdowns. In terms of why these lockdowns matter, Hanhai can help soften the blow for Apple by temporarily moving production to its unaffected sites. But lockdowns in Shenzhen, known as China's Silicon Valley, threaten production for other technology giants, as well as access to a key port. And in recent years, Apple has moved some of its production out of China to get over operational, geopolitical, and regulatory hurdles, but the country is still its central production hub and third largest market by revenue, which, Jay, brings us to the big picture here. Well, there's fear that the lockdown in Shenzhen may exacerbate already high inflation by making it even tougher to get popular finished goods like electronics and like iPhones from China to the rest of the world, including right here in Canada. And for our final story, as gas prices reach unprecedented heights, so has the demand for electric cars, Brett. A recent survey found that 62% of dealerships that have EVs, the wait times exceed three months. Brett, I could probably guess, but what's driving boom and EV demand? Well, yeah, you called it. It's high <laughs> gas prices. The current nationwide average is a buck ninety, and that could serve as a catalyst for more people to turn to electric vehicles as an alternative to their gas guzzlers, which would go hand in hand, coincidentally, with the Canadian government's new emission reduction goal. Now, in two weeks, Canada's first emissions reduction plan, including a national sales mandate for electric vehicles, will be introduced in the House of Commons. The plan will require half of all new cars sold in Canada to be zero emissions by 2030. By 2035, all new cars must be zero emission. Now, transportation is the second highest emitter of greenhouse gases, second only to the oil and gas sector in Canada, with cars and light trucks responsible for half of those emissions. But the industry is struggling to keep up. Increased interest means that wait lists will grow and grow and grow even longer. John Wilson, a Honda dealership manager in BC, told CBC that he's seen a 150% increase in inquiries alone in the last week, adding to a growing wait list since the dealership has been unable to procure vehicles since last year, Brett. That's not a good sign. And we talked about this last week, but nickel is going to the moon, which is making <laughs> matters worse. So surging nickel prices, it could directly increase the production and price of EVs because the cathodes in EV batteries, they're mostly comprised of that rare mineral nickel. Who knew? So Jay, what's next for electric vehicles in Canada? Well, right now, a brand new Honda Civic will run you about $25,000, while a Model 3 Tesla will run you about sixty grand. However, it's estimated that charging the Tesla for a year only costs $485. So given the fluctuating prices, it's hard to say how much the Civic might cost in gas per year, but it won't be less than $485 unless you only want to fill the tank once right now. So EVs might be an inaccessible for many right now, but in the long term, they could serve to help save money and the environment. That's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. 
If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, have a safe Ides of March. And good luck with the move, Jay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.